Hello, and welcome to uh, episode 146 of the Weekly Song Podcast, uh, second episode of season 16. This is normally the show where me, Declan, and my co-host, Roger, say hello, Roger. Hello. That's that's the dude. Um, normally write a song within a week, bring it to the podcast, and uh, discuss it and break it down and discuss the influences, what we'd like to do with it, uh, why it's the best song we've ever written. Uh, this season we're doing sli- something slightly different. Uh, we both tried to write 14 songs throughout the whole of February uh, each, uh, and so we're bringing two songs each to the podcast this time, which was a stressful... And uh, <laughs> just generally all-consuming dread effort thing all round, wasn't it? A joyless it, endeavor. It was a joyless <laughs> endeavor. We do our suffering for you, audience. <laughs> we're just we're just a couple of masochists. We get off on it. It's just this is the only way we feel alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's funny, isn't it? It's um, so often. Uh, over the course of this podcast, we've said, this is the podcast where we write a song in a week and we talk about it. It's very succinct to say that. But if you have to say, this is the song where normally we do that, but this time we're doing something slightly different. There's actually two songs and we wrote them in a month rather than a week. It's very, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it's the weekly song podcast, except one of those words is a bit of a misnomer at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a little tradition we have and I quite like it. I mean, for those of you who are tuning in this week and you missed last week's episode, um, you have missed the fact that we have written 14 songs each in February. We did the same thing last year and we made an album together out of it, which is actually still in the works, but very close to completion. Um, So close, just so close. I'd love to just give up on it right now, just for the (laughs) fact of like, it sounds so amazing and it sounds so good and I'm really proud of it. But just the spite, the sheer spite yeah, just I mean, and, getting that close. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, and then we'd never have to like face any criticism or anything. We could just say it's amazing. Like we didn't want to release you're it. Never gonna just show it. everyone else up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're being kind. If anything, this is a this is a kindness upon you. Yes, we made an album and it's not coming out. Um, no, it is coming out there. But yeah, we've written even newer songs than that this year and. Uh, it was a couple of months ago now, in all um, openness and transparency, we're recording this in April, so it's been a couple of months, but I, I feel like that's a good thing. We, they've been able to marinate, they've been able to kind of sit with us, and... They've been able to slip able to out the back about. of our minds. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, as always with this podcast, we take it in turn as to who plays their song first, and we're going to listen to uh, one of Declan's songs first uh, this week. This is Declan's... This is the third song you wrote in February, right? Have I got that right? Uh, yes. Uh, this year, instead of last year where I tried to do them a bit more thematically, uh, this year I'm just doing them in order that I actually wrote them. Uh, so, uh, if in case you missed last week, I had a I had a move, big old move to be doing. Um, so I didn't have as much time as I thought I was going to have. So uh, my first song I wrote on the 9th, the second song I wrote on, sorry, my first song I wrote on the 1st, second song I wrote on the 19th, and these two are both also from the 19th. So just in and around the tea that evening, I was just writing songs, because I was quite behind, 
quite behind. Um, so we're, so, we're hearing you at your most prolific right now. Uh, uh, we're hearing me where quality control is not necessarily the primary <laughs> issue. Um, <laughs> this, this first one is called We'll Never Know, and it goes like this. That I've been waiting upon So instantly Yet so deeply perfect Both of us belong If only you had known before If only I'd shown some more But the best laid plans are on the floor I'm leaving town tonight song Declan wrote in February. Fantastic. Uh, again, your chorus uh, game is very strong this, this season. If only I could sing it in tune. <laughs> oh, hush. No, no, no. It's it's, it's great. Um, I, Again, you've had a string of just really solid, memorable songs um, so far. Uh, why is that? <laughs> um, How'd you do it? How do you do it? It's because you're very kind. And uh, this is actually true about you. And you're just projecting this onto me. Which I thank you for. No, um, you're projecting that. <laughs> you're projecting that onto me. <laughs> uh, so, oh god, we we love each other too much on this podcast. Roger, you're a terrible person. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that backfire. I'll, I'll, um, I'll only I'll only respond with kindness. Um, <laughs> I read I read in a book somewhere that's not what you should do. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was. Um, uh, just I kind of remembered the origin of this because uh, as we all know uh, because we've all listened to every episode of the podcast I tend to write the music first uh, 
I remembered where this initial idea came from is that I tend to write quite quick songs. Like they're either dun 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 or dun 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 dun. I don't really slow down in a groove very much. Uh, in fact, the sort of the key song that made me realise this and that I sort of wish I could sort of write kind of cool riffs that slow is um, a song by uh, Anderson Pack, Who Are You? They were my fitness on the front page. Headlines. I threw prescription in Dior frames. Sunshine. I had the vision back in 12 grade. Mm. Are you familiar with the song at all? I'm afraid I'm not, no. Ah, it's off, um, it's off Oxnard, but it's got this kind of groove, like this much slower like thing going on throughout it. I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah, yeah, um, do. But obviously I was never going to get into that territory, but like, it's just thinking like, okay, is there like a song that I can do a bit slower, which is where that sort of riff came from. I think I ended up speeding it up slightly in the end anyway. Um, so much for that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that explains the start of it anyway. Um, and then after I got that one line, it was trying to put a chord on top of that, which I'm going to be honest, I it, it, it's not one of the uh, not one of the best things I've ever played in my life in terms of technique. Um, so not helped by the fact that I completely forgot how to play both this song and the next song within the two months. Like, literally just entirely left my head. Like, the amount I struggled to find the right chords for the pre-chorus was something. <laughs> oh, it was, it was unreal. Do you, do you mean, slightly. like, when you came back to do, like, a proper studio demo of the song that you Absolutely, struggled to remember? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, this is... We said this before, like, uh, in terms of, like, writing and playing the things, but, like, this is the one downside of writing 14 songs in February, is that, like, unless you are practicing them and getting them in shape like I was with a few of them at the time because I had the opportunity to do so uh, last year this year the opportunities didn't quite present themselves so clearly so I didn't have the time to sort of road test them as it were mm, mm. well I mean yeah it was basically just write and you were moving at the same time of course and then sit down and demo them uh, but it's an interesting thing you do that you actually you play out a lot more than I do and actually test material live which I think makes the material so much more robust um and it also influences how you write i believe uh yeah if you know one thing's going well then you sort of lean on that as a particular tool that's stronger in your songwriting arsenal um like uh like possibly something like the fact that um the ends of both lines of the chorus are we'll never know that's nice and memorable title hook gets mm. it in there um, and then just thinking like yeah maybe that slower groove is gonna do something maybe because of the nature of the lyrics of the song you can perform it a bit more with a bit more not low energy but like more intensity if that makes sense as opposed mm. to when I just shout my words at the top of my lungs I get that yeah Um. <clears throat> so when you say like technique wise with that guitar riff are you referring to its simplicity or the opposite? Uh, it's just getting that bass line and the sort of suspended chord in there. It's a little bit of a stretch on a couple of the things. It doesn't quite work as well as I'd like it to. Um, and 
yeah, it's just it it, it 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 just doesn't feel as fun to play as like some more challenging stuff that I've done or some more simple stuff that I've done. Like it's really something I'd like to split into multiple guitar lines, but it just doesn't. I haven't quite worked out what that would be yet. Gotcha. Okay, I, I think I follow. Yeah, uh, but then it, that's also a case of like trying to be super concise with components like there's no separate bridge section to this song there's just like a solo that would just lead it back in again uh this was like written in less than an hour and to be honest i do think it shows a little bit um in terms of like non-diatonic interesting chord stuff there's only really the um f sharp in the in the um what's it called pre-chorus that's the one uh which is the only thing that's a bit out of key Mm. Whereas, uh, yeah, yeah, I, f- I, f- I feel I've done better musically. Let's put it that way. Well, to me, I mean, just to throw to throw my two cents into this, um, I think this is one of those songs whose simplicity is its strength. I think if it were a case of spending a longer period of time on this song, because like, how long did it take? Like an hour, or two hours? Uh, about an hour to like singable demo. I think when you have that time um, constraint, it kind of forces something out of you, which I think happened with this song particularly. Like you say, you've got that title hook going on in there, and that that kind of simplicity kind of gets into your head, and it just creates a song which is, in my opinion, quite memorable. Hmm. Thank you. That's that's about as much as I can <laughs> respond without like just going into self-deprecation again. Thank you. Um, I suppose I should probably talk about what the lyrics are. It's um, inspired by that sort of feeling where I don't know if you've ever had this or if anyone in the audience has ever had this, but like when you just randomly meet someone in a town that you're leaving uh, very shortly and you just think, why? Why am I getting to know you now? Like we would be perfect friends. However, I am not going to be here in a week's time. So, uh... oh, yeah, it's like a holiday romance type of feeling. Sort of, yeah. It's just like that thing, like, oh, we click just so fast. Mm. And it, yeah. now we're not really going to get to do anything with that. That is such a shame. But I think it's great that you've captured that in a song, because everyone knows that feeling, but there aren't that many songs about it. Yeah, like, I, 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 I don't know. I think this is the first time I've ever experienced something like that. Like, uh... Because, yeah, I I, I don't know. It's it's a bit weird. No, I I think a lot of people can relate to it. I mean, but, you know, it's not something that happens all the time. I had it once when I went um, abroad and and I met somebody and there was just that feeling of, like, this is so fun. It wasn't even a romance. It was, like you said, it was just like I became friends with someone. I was like, this is so much fun. And in a week's time, I'm going to be hundreds of miles away. It's like, damn. (laughs) It's like, why? Why is this the case? Yeah. What have I done to deserve this other than move? So just to, just on the song, like when you came up with the riff and the kind of general groove of it after the Anderson Pack type of influence, when you came up with that riff, did you already have somewhere in your mind, like, I know what I want to write this about. I've just had this experience. And like that was top of mind for you or did that come later, the topic of the song, I mean? Uh, I had a lot of stuff swirling around in my mind because my last week in Bristol was quite a week. Um, 
But um, no, I think it was more just the shape of the melody that sort of implied that would be. That sort of doesn't feel like a very like masculine yeah like uh, <laughs> rock party thing, or it doesn't feel like um, like a an overly since not not over, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like it it suggests a vulnerability in the way that I was singing it, so therefore that informs the sort of thing that I would be writing about. That's and so interesting. So hap- and it just so happens that I had experiences to match quite a few, uh, quite a few <laughs> moods, in that, uh, in that uh, past, in that last week. Yeah, I, I think um, knowing you personally, as I do, I, I know that you've had, um, even just in terms of moving house and moving job, I know you've had a year of, you know, uh, change, and of course that is is de- definitely fodder for songwriting. But it's interesting how you say that the general tone of the melody that was being formed didn't hold us like a sort of macho aggressive type of thing or a very somber sad understated quality and it's great that it kind of like just triggered that memory in your head and it all came together and in an hour too i mean that's what i'm saying it's it's very impressive well i suppose that's kind of just why i write the music first so i know what tone i'm going for and then i can play against it if i need to like um last week's uh, second song fall apart like that's got a very rock like standard rock riff so even though like there's a vulnerability to that song it's a combative vulnerability like there are two people having an argument whereas this one feels a bit more of a (sighs) oh well yeah yeah definitely and uh, I guess it's just a kind of stroke of I don't know if you call it luck or or what but something where the the music and the lyric came together and it married nicely Uh, thank you for saying that you're very kind um, I don't think I can accept any more compliments. Is there anything you are burning to ask me? If not, we'll move on to your first song of the uh, of this episode. Nothing else comes to mind, but um, that I may come back to something later. Um, my first song uh, that I'm playing this week is the third song I wrote, just like Declan's was just now. Um, and I wrote this near the beginning of February, and it's called Another Day in the Doghouse. And it goes like this. Take all the days God gives me and leave nothing behind I've forgotten my lines and everybody else in the place I'm running on my mind I don't have the right direction to be leading the blind There's somebody else to take all the weight off my mind Nobody else has to deal with the damage you've done Living alone is a cinch when you barely begun Society the debris and tally the days that you almost change Day in the dark house with God and 
upon a star But I don't know the constellations or where they are I'm stuck in the mire and I can't see the wood for the trees I'd tell you where to go but I'd be lying through my front teeth if I said that I know There must be somebody else who knows how to put on a show Nobody else has to deal with the damage I've done Another day in the dark house with God and his terrible bite. So that was Roger's third song of the month, Another Day in the Doghouse. And you've earned yourself a day out of the doghouse with that one. That's lovely. It's got this <laughs> lovely, just kind of easy vibe to it, just a tinge of yee-haw. And uh, I love that ending line. Like, uh, that's that's quite a good one. Uh, How does something like this start for you? Uh, Thank you. Um, And it starts, this one just starts with, I've been listening to a lot of this guy who's sadly passed now called John Prine. You familiar with John Prine? I'm afraid not. I do need to expand my listening a bit more. Well, um, he was very active up until the time he died actually you've got a huge discography but very much a sort of three cowboy chords you know three chords from the truth type of guy i guess you'd say and i've been Mm. listening to a lot of his music and it's not clever in the sense of like using lots of different chords or voicings or anything like that but it's just kind of it's, it's country music basically and um a lot of the songs tell a story and the lyrics are funny and all these different things and it just kind of I listened to so much of his music and I just thought oh it's it's simple but really effective in a way that I don't feel like I'm very effective so this is my attempt at writing something in the sort of country style so I sat down with the guitar and I came up with you know it's pretty much three chords I started it started in G major and then that first riff that that just kind of goes pretty much throughout the song and that's just a G major chord, but you're hammering on a couple of the open strings on the second fret. So pretty simple country riff. And then, um, but it just has so much tr- flavour. Just a little yeah. touch like that. Yeah, definitely. I think that was my way of making it a little bit more musically interesting, just for me to play. Really, was throwing in something that distinguished it from any other three chord song that was G C D. Um, Quarterly, while it's on my mind as well, when I go to the um, that line you said you like at the end of the chorus, another day in the doghouse with God and this terrible bite, I think that's the one non-diatonic chord I use. I go another day, which is G, root of the song, in the doghouse, and then I go to... And God falls on... Yeah, yeah, it falls on the F. You got it, yeah. 
I can hear chords. I can hear the functions of them. My mind is growing. <laughs> it, but I mean, it does help, doesn't it? Just adding in that one. I always think of like the um, what would it be? The uh, seven below the one. Is it? Would it be? Uh, that I I believe that would be a flat major. Seven. Flat major. Flat major seven. Well, I always feel like that adds that sort of blues rock type of feel to any song that's been major up until that point. So um, it was quite nice to sort of distinguish that. And also, that's really the only, I don't know, like blasphemous lyric in the song or, or something. So what you mean is organized religion is not going to be coming for you this week? <laughs> no, not, but, you know, they wouldn't dare attack somebody who uses a non-diatonic chord in their song. <laughs> yeah, now chromaticism no. on the other hand ugh. oh god <laughs> catholicism <laughs> um, <laughs> no one mentioned the diminished chords yeah uh, but yeah so I just kind of sat down and got that, that riff kind of going and then my initial demo from memory was basically just me kind of singing what the verse melody eventually became and what I tried to do, as I mentioned last week, with all of these songs from February, is quite early on in the lyric writing process, because I write my music and lyrics at the same time, generally speaking, is I would just write down what I think the song's going to be about. And so my sort of um, cliff note for this one was feeling shortchanged by life. <laughs> and so that was kind of the direction the song went in lyrically. I mean, to be fair, if it's got that country flavour to it, that's on brand. So... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's very much a sort of, um, you know, tear in your beer type of song, I guess. Very much. I like that. That's that's a title, tear in your beer. Um, I like in the vocal melody of this one, like, you use space really well. Like, uh, I think everyone falls into the trap sometimes. I definitely include myself in thinking, right, this is the verse section, therefore the vocal must be going throughout the whole thing. Where you mm. leave, like, nice little gaps in this one. Like, yeah, thank help, you. Sort of helps pace it a little bit. I think gaps have become more and more important to me um, in the past year or two. Um, not only in my, you know, lyrics and my vocal delivery and stuff, but also just in terms of music production as well. Like the more gaps there are between the beats of a groove, um, the more the different components can interlock, and that goes for lyrics and music as well. So. But also, it was, I mean, with this particular song, it was just down to the placement of the guitar riff. So you got the sort of long note at the beginning. I'm running out of time. So, like, because of the tempo. So you're, you're letting that, that diddler, like, diddler, like, yeah, that yeah. through. The... And that has to fill the gaps. I think it would be weird to sing over that every single time. It would just feel a little busy. So it's almost just kind of the way it, it landed, really. See, that's a kind of a nice thing about like writing the two ideas at the same time is that you can really play with that properly. Mm, mm, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think the other thing with the lyrics with this one is I was trying to sort of play two odds against each other, by which I mean, like, when I say in the chorus, another day in the doghouse with God and his terrible bite, like, I feel like that's not something that somebody who has a good relationship with their faith would say. But at the same time, in in the verses, I'm saying, I take all the days God gives me and leave nothing behind, which kind of puts the onus on me and the responsibility on me that I'm not actually doing as much with my time as I could be. So it's kind of, it, the song kind of hopefully delivers this thing of like, I'm grappling with 
who's to blame here, me or the universe, and it's pretty much me. I wouldn't let the universe off that easy. The universe <laughs> has done some terrible things. Damn universe. I think it's better than me. What's the Hitchhiker's line? Like, uh, in the beginning, God created the universe. This has been widely regarded as a bad move and has made a lot of people angry. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all I can think to say about this one. It's, I like it. Um, I'm working on it at the moment. I'm producing it in a very sort of country Ooh. way. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm adding in some jaw harp, you know, that instrument I was playing to you last week, I think off the podcast, but a little bit of this. So I tuned the track down to match the root note of this, and now I've got this kind of like, almost, it almost sounds like a didgeridoo kind of aborigine cowboy song. Now it's kind of cool. That's. Uh... <laughs> I bet you didn't expect to hear those words this morning when you woke up. <laughs> that was that was not the sentence I was expecting. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's that's all I can think to say about that that one. So, uh, tell me about your next one, please. Well, my next one is the fourth song that I wrote uh, in this uh, in this period, uh, and it's the second of my nose uh, duology. Uh, it's called Now He Knows, and it goes like this. Some might say he never found the way Looking at his feet Trying to keep the beat Very neat but never gets deep Now he knows Declan's fourth song from the February challenge. I've just got this big smile on my face. It's moments like this where I'm like, 
I I know this guy. Like you're a really good songwriter. You're just that was fantastic. Really, really strong. I want to be a part of producing this. If you have a producer, it's so good, man. It's great. Thank you. Um, I I'm a little conflicted on this one. Like I I like it on the whole. I think it could do with a bit of tidying up. Like I think the lyrics could do with another look over. But this is one of those ones that came from a slightly unusual riff. Um, guitar players in the room, uh, prepare to uh, reach for your instrument and wonder. That's um, me. So uh, it comes from this riff, which alternates between uh, four on the E string, four on the D string, and four on the G string. That's almost in tune. And then... Um, two on the uh, E string, four on the D string, and three on the G string. So you end up with... I apologize for that being very out of tune. Uh, but like, it's a very complex chord and it's quite low down. I wonder if there's a version of it I can play that's a bit higher, or if I can take some of the bass out of it if I played it on electric to make it cut through a bit better. But I like the ambiguity of it. It allows me to do that vocal jump, the da 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 da, which I I feel there's something in there. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of where that one started, just playing around that riff for ages, and then starting on that front shape and moving that up to, uh, the four for the chorus, which in this case would be a B. For the now he knows where his heart is, all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another great chorus. I can just imagine the drums going into it, like do do, you know what I mean? Just like really explode, and the whole mix widens out at that point. Yeah, I'm. I think it, this would probably end up being like a power pop song or something. But like, um, it, it's another one of the ones where like, um. Uh, you you have these every now and then, but like one set of words comes to you, um, uh, and it, it sort of shapes what the song's going to be about. So like, the second I came up with that, boom boom boom, like I knew it was going to be. Now he knows. Mm. Like, it's like okay, right, that's got to be so right there. So therefore, that's uh, going. And the same way with um, the end of that pre-chorus section, which I'm, I'm not too certain about. I'm not sure if I plagiarized myself there, um, but plagiarized yourself? Like you think it might be one of your old melodies? Well, I know that the front half is similar to an old melody, but I don't know if the second half is different enough that I can get away with it. Uh, this is something I realized entirely after the fact, hence why it's still in the song. Um, uh, but yeah, that, oh, what's a boy to do? Uh, those words came to me immediately. So it's just like, right, that's the end of the verse into the chorus. I sort of know the transition point. I now just need to write a story about <laughs> what, <laughs> what those he knows. two points imply. Right, right. Um, just before you move on to the lyrics, can I just ask you about the unusual placement of the verse vocals? It's almost like... You expect it to sort of, um, you know, da 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 da, -da. but like it kind of doesn't always go as how do I put this, like a cyclical or like to the bar as I would expect it, which I love. Um, I'm just singing the guitar riff basically with one, like I jump up a third, and that's about it. That's that's about the um, 
long and short of it is it's cool because it's like it sorry i was just gonna say it almost implies that it's like a measure of three four every now and then i'd not considered it like that actually now i'm gonna have to sit here counting my own song how dare you (laughs) Yeah, because you almost counted one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, one, two, three. Four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do love a, a good pop song because this, to me, just sounds like a you know a chart pop song type of thing in a good way. But I love it when a pop song uses a strange measure, but it's kind of like um, times like these or something like that. Well, where the front of it is in seven, then it just goes back into four, four up until it doesn't again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's that's high praise. Um, but yeah, no. This is very much like a pop song. I think it's a pop song with guitars, but I think it is a pop song. Um, it's got a load of the pop song like uh, tricks in there. Like uh, you got the classic one being the minor four at the end of the chorus. We all love that, don't we? We love it. I must say as well, like at, at the end you go minor four to one, which is the normal change. But what I love is the first time you do the minor four, you go back into the main riff, which because of, maybe it does go to the one, but because of its ambiguity that you're talking about, it's an unusual change, and I like that. The bass note starts on the uh, on the two technically, so yeah. Yeah, which is which is nice. I think using a minor four. Is, is a great idea, but especially when it's used in an unconventional way like that. Uh, it's it's more like I couldn't think of a good transitional thing, so it's just like, okay, the abruptness is now a feature of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good songwriting logic. I like that. <laughs> and then just that... Um, uh, boom, boom. Um, mm. Sounds like Basil Brush there. Boom, boom. Um, uh, First Basil Brush reference on the podcast. <laughs> it only took 146 episodes. Oh, boom, we boom. got there in the end. Um, he was such a cheeky who... fox. Sorry? I said he was such a cheeky fox, wasn't he? he he's such. He was, yeah. Anyone who... Um, God rest his soul. Who... Sorry, sorry, go on. Sir Basil of Brush. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, anyone who doesn't live in the UK is going to be slightly confused by that, but it's fine. Google exists. Um, uh, that uh, whole... Um, oh, ever since we mentioned Basil Brush, I can't imagine that bit. Uh, like... Boom, boom! But yeah, that's actually like that's just there because it's like okay, right. I need one more cool bit of the song. It's like right, I've got an open E string. Let's go for this. But it also does that uh, flat seven thing that um, uh, another day in the doghouse does. Ah yes, where was yours again? Uh, on that bridge, because that sort of focuses around the knee, going to the F sharp. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a nice yeah. move. I th- I think um, just as a sort of general songwriting tip, it's a it's a nice one to do. You know, if you're in G, go to F. If you're in F sharp, go to E. Just like a tone down from where your root is, it can really sort of help pepper up a song. Yeah, if you're in D, go to C. 
If you're in C, go to B flat. And if you're in B flat, then what are you doing with your life? Get out of B flat. <laughs> <laughs> no one writes in B flat. Crazy people. <laughs> no one likes B flat. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a good musical. There's an idea for a musical meme. You know that bit in The Simpsons where like, Lisa likes Nelson. She does not. Milhouse likes Lisa. He does not. Janie <laughs> likes Milhouse. You could do that as a circle of fives and just stick on B flat and just like, no one likes B flat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this podcast is a is a mine of memes. <laughs> I we, do want to make that circle of fifths uh, one now. That would be, that would be. Precious, that'd be amazing. If anyone is out there and you want to make that, please make that meme and send it to us. <laughs> Post it on our subreddit that we don't have. Yeah. Also, make a subreddit for us. You won't get any credit, but you'll get the pride of having made a subreddit. Anyway, um, I, I, I think that's about all I have to say about that one, other than that like, the story is just kind of like the stereotypical loner story it's not based in any reality it's just kind of like right I need some ideas to form out of these two words either way so that's where all of that comes from I mean sometimes we have to be fiction writers the songwriters you know <laughs> but no great song Um, probably I mean you, I've said before you've had a great run so far probably my favourite of your ones so far oh thank and, you and I look forward to your uh, collaborative album with Basil Brush <laughs> <laughs> that's the title that's the title <laughs> yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> okay so um, the next song I'm going to play for everyone is called I Wanted the Worm to Turn although really it should be called Blink and It's Gone the more I because I these are the two titles I was considering um, I Wanted call the Worm to Turn is more on brand because it now makes me think of the two Ronnies um, so <laughs> okay <laughs> alright it goes like this do whatever you want Whenever you have the chance It's all the same to me There's women to see But never to have to hold It's only fantasy See those years go by Blink and miss your tribe Dream however you want But know that there's mouths to feed And vows for you to keep Whenever you want Whenever you have a chance It's only make-believe me Nobody wants your victory more than me can't you see? Believe it or not, I wanted the world to turn. You call the like you see You're never alone 
You're only a screen away from things you can't can see those silver lines etched around your life. Say whatever you like, but know that you're here today beside the friends you need. You needed a friend, you needed a confidant on who you could depend on me. I like that. I'm so I'm so chill right now. I'm so chill. I've actually changed accents. That was I wanted <laughs> the worm to turn, chill. and I believe that worm does turn at thirty three and a third revolutions per minute. It's a it's a lovely little lovely little ditty there. I like this. And I feel I, like I'm I, listening to Radio Two at night. And I just like you to know that that's a wonderful song from our young talented Roger Heathers. <laughs> and um, I, would you like to inform us, Roger, of how you came to create such a lovely little piece? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you, Jeremy. That's very kind of you. Well, uh, thank I you for having me on the but show. That's my, my name. <laughs> they call me Stacy. They call me Jane. That's oh. not my name. Okay. That's not my name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't Again, that an, another thing I didn't expect to hear this morning: you singing the Ting Tings in a Southwest accent. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's happening. I'm really glad it's happening. You know. Just these things need to be done. <laughs> I feel like the beginning of this song's writing process was very weekly song podcast, and I'll explain why. It started with um, we've thinking... become a verb for ourselves. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was thinking, okay, right. I've written a lot of songs in standard tuning. Let's tune the guitar differently. So on the internet, I went do 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 do. And it was like a, I this is the thing. I really should credit who wrote this article, but it was like here's ten guitar shootings to try, but I can't remember who it was. Anyway, Buzzfeed, um, you're crediting Buzzfeed. Yeah, Buzzfeed. Thank you, Buzzfeed. Uh, and uh, so you won't anyway, believe I, these ten tunings. Number six will shock you. <laughs> yes, and so I tuned the guitar to open D, but I ended up only using the top four strings, the D, G, B, and E, which I tuned to D, G sharp, A, and D. So, you know, just basically an open chord. And the reason I wanted to do an alternate tuning is because I recently finished reading uh, a really, really uh, renowned producer. She worked with um, uh, System of a Down, Tool, you know, numerous different bands. And she's called Sylvia I feel Massey. that influence really comes across in the finished piece. <laughs> but she's, yeah, um, a little sarcasm there from uh, Stacey. <laughs> um, no, but in her book, she is, her book is called Recording Unhinged, and it's all these different ideas of how to kind of make music in a different way and sort of get outside of your comfort zone. And uh, there was a story in her book about a guitarist who was getting more and more frustrated in the studio, and he couldn't get this part in his head that he wanted to get onto the recording he was making. And so the producer went up to him and just detuned his guitar, like to a different tuning, and. Um, said you know now play and this guitarist is getting more and more annoyed but the result of the story was that he eventually had this tuning where he had to kind of like find new shapes and 
because of the suspensions and um, augmentations and stuff that you're bound to get playing with a different set of string, uh, different set of tunings on your strings, you come up with different shapes and different chords with different voicings and stuff. And that this was my attempt at that. I mean, it's a it's a remarkable uh, songwriting technique to just sort of like try and change one aspect of like your writing process to sort of give you a slightly different it's like we used to chuck chords between the piano and the guitar just to see what voicings came out differently and what worked better this is another like one of those classic bits of songwriting advice like just change your tuning and see what comes out of it absolutely because yeah did, did you end up performing it in um the alternate tuning then yeah i did i did yeah Ooh. Very nice. I love the middle bit of this song where it gets very vibey, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah, um, if I can just be totally honest with this, um, like I've been trying to enjoy writing and recording more recently. And the thing that stands in the way of that for me sometimes is I try to get such a strong take. You know, we all try to do this as musicians. Try to get such a strong take throughout, even if it's just a demo. And so I purposely wrote a section of about, I don't know if it's 16 or 32 bars, but an extended period of time where I'm just playing a very simple riff. And on my lead sheet here, I've just written breathe. And it's just an excuse for me while I'm recording to just take a deep breath and breathe out and just try to relax into the recording process a little bit more rather than sort of being very tense and uptight. Hmm. Like, it, it's one of those things we don't really give ourselves enough time to just sort of focus on having a section of a song to just let our creativity flow like uh we're very guilty of this because we think about songwriting a lot and like we're always we tend to write very short songs very concise songs it's very rare that we'll do something sprawling because that's just inefficient for the type of songs we have to write for this podcast but yeah it's a very nice moment where you get to have a moment like that and just sort of display it a bit more and just like uh I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get to, but like, it's it's nice to give yourself the space to do like fun things. Definitely, yeah. And I think you can do a lot of fun things with just simplicity. Like while we were listening to the song, um, and we got to that middle section, I was saying to you, you know, I'm producing and it's getting more and more psychedelic, and that's because it's this rote, you know, rote cyclical pattern that goes round and round and round, and you can build on that, and you can add harmony to it, or you could just keep it simple, or change the guitar guitar tone as you're going through, and that sort of thing. So. Um, th that was, I mean, the whole, again, with, um, what you said about, uh, blah, 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 we'll never know, it's almost like the vibe of the music influenced what the song should be about and, and that sort of thing. And the, the kind of takeaway I got from it melodically, sort of the, kind of half hopeful and half regretful, right? So it's like a it's like a reflection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so the sort of uh, lyrical motif that I wanted to write around was living in a house, being comfortable, watching TV, but your dreams don't really matter to the world at large. That was kind of the general idea. So this idea of like you know, do whatever you want whenever you have the chance. It's all the same to me. Um, and then this convenience of, um, you know, it's, it's weird to talk about and actually articulate, but this, this age we're living in that becomes more and more of a digital consumption age, you know, these algorithms with 
constant, infinite um, stuff to see, you know, and videos to watch and pictures to see and, you know, uh, sexually attractive people to look at and all this sort of thing. And it's just endless. And there's a certain void to that that I guess I wanted to explore in the lyrics. Um, and I think the waste of time that these things can be, these time sucks, can also be at odds with maybe more uh, noble or ambitious things you want for your life. So the song's basically about that, if it doesn't, doesn't sound too pretentious. No, I mean, dude, I say this every time. You're on a songwriting podcast. This is peak pretentious. Like, <laughs> own it. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. <laughs> no, there is something to be said for that sort of, like, reflection of, like, um, I like that uh, sort of central conceit of it, like, uh, do what you want, your dreams mean nothing to me. But, like, in that sort of, like, really detached kind of way like that's a, it's an interesting vibe to take away from this one yeah it's, that's that's kind of cool yeah thanks thanks it's i mean cool man it's kind of cool I, I tell you the other thing that really influenced this song last thing i'll say on this one is um i got a um a cheap amp from facebook marketplace uh just before i wrote this particular song i think and i got it home and plugged it plugged the guitar in and stuff and it's just like a little 15 watt practice amp and it's by this company called Little Giant, who I've never heard of before. Have you heard of Little Giant amps? No, I can't say that I have. It's weird. It's like this little amp is from a different dimension or something. I've never seen anything like it. I plugged in and I thought, oh, this will be one of those cheap shit amps. I plugged in and it has... You have to turn up the tone control to turn the amp on, which I've never seen on anything before. And then the volume... That's sector. odd. I know, right? Yeah. And um, What if you want no tone? You have to kind of nearly turn it off. It's really weird. <laughs> um, so, and then the other thing it has on it is tremolo function. So, like, that's the, it doesn't have any reverb or anything, but the only other effect it has is tremolo. So you put the tremolo on, and it's got this lovely, lovely analog, I don't know if it's analog, I think it is, style tremolo. And that's kind of where the pulse of the song came from. The whoa, 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 whoa. So that's kind of the origin of that, I guess. It's a weird thing, tremolo on a guitar amp. You think it's not really going to be very helpful in any way, but then I've got it on my AC30, and there were just times, uh, particularly in like bands I've been in where I've had to use it in the full setting, where it's just like, you know what? That does actually add something. Let's, mm. let's, uh, let's do that. Yeah, I'm exactly the same as you. I had no interest in tremolo. I got this just so I could record my guitar through. I thought, oh, I'm not into tremolo. Turning the volume up and down, I can do that by myself. And, um, you know, once I turned it on, I was like, oh, wow, there's actually quite a lot of inspiration in this, which kind of came... I think I demoed all my songs, oh, the early demos, not the ones I'll play on the podcast, but I demoed early, all my early demos with that effect on, just because it was inspiring me. It was really cool. I think the thing is, when we think of effects, we tend to think of their most extreme versions. And with tremolo, that's just turning the sound off every now and then. Like... <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, just a subtle, like, pulse to it can really sort of do something texturally with a guitar. Yeah, there's something to be said for playing to the beat of the effect as well, um, whether that's a delay or a trem or a vibrato or something. Um, hmm. But also, I mean, I think effects can be a really cool way to start a songwriting process, because generally speaking, I'll sit down with an acoustic guitar or an upright piano or keyboard or whatever, and it'll be a very vanilla sound I'm playing with. Whereas starting a song with an effect, like it, say you turn on your reverb pedal and then you write a song like that, I think the outcome will be slightly different. 
because you'll have a a vibe right off the bat. Or even just like uh, in a similar manner, like playing in different spaces and the different sound qualities you can get. I can know in my old workplace there was a floor which was completely abandoned, but you used to play in there. And just there was this massive echo. So like things like Catchlight, which are these really delicate songs that I wrote, which you wouldn't really write in any other sense, but they just sounded so vast with like the massive reverb of uh, of the space there. Wow! Oh, that's I didn't know that. That's so cool. You should have recorded um, an album down there or something. Well, you say that uh, my mate uh, Eva Valentine actually has. Uh, she's recorded a load of her songs there. And uh, oh, I think wow. she's working on uh, putting them out. Like I think her current release, uh, uh, I I'm going to edit this out because I'm a good friend and I remember what my friend's song is called, Masking <laughs> Process. Uh, yeah, her most recent release, Masking Process, has a version of one of her songs uh, recorded in that space. That's so cool. She must have loved the reverb too, then. Yes, that was one of the upsides of the old uh, workplace. Uh, so you just did have that floor where it's just like, yes, all the reverb, all of it right now. What have you been listening to this week, Declan? Um, uh, I, if I, I may be know. so bold, you don't know. I don't know. I, what's music? Uh, let me let me get my spreadsheet on uh, a second because that's the that's the only way I can remember any of this stuff anymore. Also, you're on Tidal now. Since when were you on Tidal? I've been on Tidal for ages. Hmm. Since December. So about uh, four months. Uh, okay, I see. I see. You see. <laughs> um, I haven't actually been listening to that much. Um, uh, listened to uh, quite a bit of the new Boy Genius record. I don't think it's for me. I think it's beautiful, but I think it's a bit too... How should I put this? Indie for me. Like, indie acoustic for me. Mm. Uh, but it is quite beautiful. Um, listen to a couple of Girls Aloud albums uh, after a uh, after a night out on the town. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be fair, like, Woman in the Red Dress has got, like, a banging bass on it and just, like, Love Machine as well. And just yeah, there are there are some there are some gems in there. There are some pop songwriting gems. Um and then Eagles Hell Freezes Over, which um my goodness, the live songs sound awfully like the Masters, that's all I can say about that. <laughs> what what year is that from? Uh nineteen ninety four. Oh damn, later Eagles. Uh, yeah. okay, nice, nice, nice. Well, uh, I I haven't been listening to what well, I have been listening to music this week. But what I wanted to to bring to the "What Have You Been Listening To" segment of this show is uh, a an audiobook that I've been listening to um, by Victor Wooten. You familiar with Victor Wooten? The name is ringing a big bell, but it's not a bell with any clarity. Well, <laughs> he's um he's like a monster in the um bedroom. No, uh, he's like a monster in the Darling, virtuoso a... world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he he plays like a kind. Of, I think a five or six string bass. The guy's got dreads, and he's just like, if you knew, if you saw him, you'd know. Be like, oh, that, that guy. He's like the bass guy. And um, I was looking the other day for 
audiobooks about sort of kind of what we were talking about before uh getting the best performance out of yourself and enjoying music and kind of making it playful again i was just kind of searching audible for that and i came across victor wooten's book and it's the story of a young victor wooten it's funny because it's like okay I'll, I'll get to the point in a sec but he tells the story like it's fiction but everything that the fiction delivers is actual information that you can use as a musician it's a really unusual book so it starts with a 25 year old victor wooten and he's you know between gigs and he's living in nashville and he's struggling struggling to pay the rent and all this sort of stuff and all of a sudden this sort of like mystical figure called michael turns up to his house and you know victor wooten's struggling to kind of play and get into it and get gigs and everything and this guy turns up and he's like kind of this mystic and he's this really unusual guy and he goes on to kind of teach him these quite esoteric lessons about music and life and uh but it's it's great it's it's called the music lesson um and i i thoroughly recommend a, a listen to that or a read of that if anyone gets the chance but does it have bangers and bops though you know what it actually does the cool thing about this is almost like it's supposed to be an audiobook because obviously it's spoken word but every, all the voices are done by different uh voice actors all the characters are done by different voice actors. And in the background, there's like the music that they're playing in the story is played in the background of the audio. It's so cool. That's pretty cool. I have yeah. to check that out once I decide to resubscribe to Audible when I can afford to. Yeah, Audible isn't the cheapest thing in the world. I've had to unsubscribe from a couple of other things. <laughs> TV stuff and everything. Just for your audiobook fixation. I need it. I need it. I'm a, I'm a fiend for it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, shall we wrap up the show? Let's. Well, that's about all we have time for on this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard and you have any comments or questions or things you want to take to us, please do. Please email the show at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at weeklysongpodcast. You can find us on YouTube under the same name. Um, Declan. Where can people find you and your music online? Uh, you can go onto many of the streaming services, and if you search Declan Kitchener, I'm pretty sure one of them is me. Um, <laughs> if you search Declan Kitchener Music on Facebook, that is me as well. Uh, and on YouTube, same again. Uh, I am on Instagram, at Cambornor, C-A-M-B-O-R-N-E-R. Uh, and anything else I, I i i don't know i'm not certain but that's enough to be getting on with for the time being what about yourself roger well where can uh, people find you well i'm glad you asked because uh it's at roger heathers on instagram you can find my music for sale on bandcamp rogerheathers.bandcamp.com that's roger without a d um also i'm on tiktok now but under a new account called billy's courage mm -hmm. that's b-i-double-l-y-s-c-o-r U R A G E, and uh, you can also find uh, the collaborative project between Declan and I, Schnookums. Uh, that's our main sort of outlet on the internet is Instagram, but there will be soon be music on Spotify and Bandcamp and all the rest of it. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at schnookums.band. That's C S C H N double O K U M S dot B A N D. It's even difficult to say it phonetically. S C H N double O K U M S dot B A N D. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're far more articulate than I am. But yeah, um, definitely check us both out if you're interested. Follow the page. Keep your eyes to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Ha <laughs> ha